Welcome to the Agile Playbook podcast. Every week on this podcast, I answer one question on Agile that I get from you. My name is Vibhor Chandil and I am an executive Agile and leadership coach. Today's question is from Rachel in North Carolina, who recently assumed the role of an Agile coach. I have my friend Paul over here who will help me discuss this very question. Thanks for having me, Vibber. All right, Paul, let's read the question. Absolutely. Here we go. Hi, Vibber. I have recently transitioned from being a scrum master to being an agile coach. I have a question that I struggled with since I was a scrum master. I have been part of many agile teams and have always had someone in my team who is difficult to coach no matter what I do. My question to you is, what can I do with the people on my team who cannot be coached? Thank you, Paul. Really appreciate that. And Rachel, thank you. That's a great question. I'm sure many new Agile coaches and Scrum Masters can relate to it and the situation that you are in. It's very common, especially when you start with a new team as an Agile coach. And that's right. It's that one person who does not listen to you, who does not show up in the events on time and challenge any and every suggestion that you provide for the team's improvement. You know, I had one person who was never on board with me. He somehow learned to ignore me. And watching him, other members of the team started to follow his footsteps as well. He was such a bad influence. Or at least that's what I thought. Okay, there is a twist. Yes, definitely there is a twist, Paul. And his behavior made me think that there is something that I was doing wrong. I was literally losing my appetite. You know, when you are new, you think that your entire career depends on that one team, which is actually not the case. So I was thinking about this day and night when one of my mentors, a senior coach in the same organization, gave me a golden insight from his own experience. So he started like this. He said, Vibor, do you really want to know what's going on? I said, yes. He said, you're not going to like this. And I remember I said, try me. It's not that they don't want coaching. They just don't want coaching from you. And I remember when I listened to this, I was shocked. Actually, I was more hurt than shocked. I would feel the same. It means I am not a good coach. Exactly. But then he asked me another question. He said, if you were unknowingly doing something that was impeding your performance, something that was turning off all of those around you, something that was um, likely driving your career to the ditch, and at that point, if someone that you really trusted, someone that was completely committed to your success, knew about this, would you want that person to come to you privately and share that information with you? I heard that question and I was like, absolutely. I would love to have someone to do that. Not just me, but anyone sensible will do that. And then what he said next was a eureka moment for me. He said, if we put ourselves in their shoes, we'll find that it's not the coaching that they resist. They simply are very picky about those they welcome into something as profoundly personal as coaching. He said, coaching involves a very special kind of relationship, a relationship in which people explore ways they can create significant change in their work, career and lives. In other words, coaching is intimate, it's personal, and it completely made sense. The idea that some people are uncoachable emanates from the myth that the coaching is something we do to others. It's not. And that's the best part. All types of coaching, including agile coaching, is a powerful performance and career-changing process that we do with others. That's absolutely right. You know, we can call ourselves coaches, we may encourage others to avail themselves of our coaching services, but we cannot ever unilaterally impose ourselves on others as coaches. No matter how senior we are, no matter how interpersonally skilled we are, no matter how experienced we are, and what it says on our business cards, we still have to earn 
the right to coach. And when I heard him, it was an eye-opening experience for me. It doesn't matter if we are assigned to a team by managers or other senior leaders, we still have to earn the right from the people we will be coaching to coach them. But how to do that? How to earn that right? And that's a very good question, Paul. People who resist us need an answer to three simple questions before they could invite us to be their coach. The first question that they need answer to is, do you as a coach care about me? Second question is, can I trust you with my personal information that I am very vulnerable about? And the third is, do you have anything valuable to offer me? How credible you are. So Rachel, coming back to your issue, I would ask myself these questions, these three questions. I would do a little reflection and if the answer is no to any one of these, then I would know that I have some work to do. But as an agile coach, we need to establish trust faster. How can we do that? And that's right. And I think if I can recall, I have written a post on LinkedIn about the same, about how to establish trust faster. It always comes down to being vulnerable. You got to show your team that you are a human being that they can connect to. And the best way to do that is by showing your vulnerability. Got it. To air is human. Exactly. And there are a few ways to do that. I prefer to invite each member of the team for a one-on-one -on -one when I start with a new team. Post-pandemic, I used to invite them for a coffee. Now I invite them on a Zoom or Microsoft Teams call for virtual coffee or any other beverage if it's end of the day. I then start the conversation by asking what are they most grateful for in their work life? That's some question. Most people just do chit-chat. And that's the thing, Paul. It's not the time for a chit-chat. You have 30 to 40 minutes and you need to make them open the trust door for you. So be careful about what kind of discussion you have in this meeting. Now, for me, I ask this question because A, it is unique and B, it shows that I care. Next, I ask them to be my coach and give me advice on a certain work-related problem. This shows that I am vulnerable. And this is because connection is a two-way street. Not only do you have to learn more about them, but you've got to be willing to share about yourself as well. Like how to create an Excel sheet. Exactly, anything at all, but make sure that they know the answer, otherwise it can backfire. All right, so after establishing that I am vulnerable, I invite them to be vulnerable as well. I ask them to tell me about their relationship with their peers. This helps them to be open to me and discuss any psychological safety issues if they have any with that particular team. And at that point, I just listen, I do not interrupt them. And my final question to them is to share one thing that they would like to change in the team department or the company as a whole. This allows them to share their struggles and fears with hope for improvement. That's a whole recipe for establishing trust. Thank you, Paul. So, Rachel, I hope I answered your question. I know it's hard to point finger at yourself, but unless someone is simply cuckoo head in their mind, there is no reason for them to resist you, except that there is a lack of trust. Give it a try and let us know how it goes. And thank you for submitting your question. If you would like to submit a question for a future episode of the Agile Playbook, simply send it to me via LinkedIn message. Alternatively, you can visit anchor.fm forward slash viborchandil. And there on the homepage, you can record a voice message and maybe we can answer it on an upcoming episode. Until next time, stay healthy and be safe.